What is up? This is the 10th episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse podcast. Inside Lacrosse just came out with their first media poll of the year, the first official media poll of the year. So in light of that, I just wanted to rip through my personal top five, which is which closely resembles theirs because you'd have to be an idiot for it not to. And inside Lacrosse's five spot, they have Cornell. In my five spot, I have Loyola. I think that Pat Spencer is, you know, has to be able to state claim right now to the best, the best player in the country. He has proven himself every year since he was a freshman. He's put up 50 assists every year since he was a freshman. And going into his senior year, there's no reason to think that he won't do it again. He's proven over and over again that he's by far the best Dodger in the country, the best player in the country at at dealing with double teams, at dodging with the double teams on him and still finding open men. So the kid can play ball. I just feel like Cornell is a slightly better team at this point. Overall, I think the way they finished last year and and, and just I think Teet's going to have a lot to prove and he's going to play angry. So I feel like Loyola, they're my five, despite the fact that inside lacrosse had them at number four. Then I get to my number four. Cornell. And it's it's for all the reasons I just said. I think defensively, by the end of the year, they were playing tough team defense. I think that offensively, Jeff Teat's the best player in the, in the country. I think you got Dowiak. You have Fletcher on offense with Teat. They have a wealth of talent returning around those three guys. So I feel like they're a really solid, complete team. And I feel like the Ivy League is going to greatly test them. So I have Cornell as my number four team. My number three is Maryland. This is where I'm going to start kind of following inside lacrosse because I think you'd be crazy not to, but Maryland locked and reloaded. They lose Connor Kelly, but they won't miss a beat. They replace him with Jared Bernhardt will eat that production. You got Wazowskis on attack with him. You've got Bubba Fairman coming back. You have a wealth of talent on the defensive end between returning players and a bunch of Under Armour All-Americans coming in uh, from high school uh, as new recruits, new freshmen. So Maryland's going to be solid. The culture there just wins. They Even if they didn't have a guy like Bernhardt that's going to be ready to step in and rock that number one. Uh, the Tillman culture is just a winning culture. So you're going to see Maryland hang in this top five, top seven in the country at all times, I think, for the next three, four years, because uh, there's no, they they just keep bringing in the best talent in the country. And and Tillman is a hell of a coach. So get used to Maryland being here, but they're my number three to, to start this season out. My number two is Duke. I almost went with Yale uh, for this, and I've been going back and forth. I still think that Cornell may win the national championship, and they're still kind of my dark horse pick to win. But Duke, the more I looked at them, they bring back three solid poles, a couple of D-mids. They they just look really solid on the defensive side of the ball. They lose Justin Gutterding, and that is going to be gut-wrenching for them. But Brad Smith, Joey Manown, uh, they, they, they just have a ton of of talent coming back on the offensive side of the ball. So they're going to be completely fine. They're going to fill it up offensively. They're going to play really solid defense. They may lose one early. So with Duke, as is usual, they usually start the season ranked highly. They usually drop a game early to someone they shouldn't, but then they always finish the season ranked highly and and compete for a national title. So I I don't think that's going to change. I think Duke is a legitimate number two. Uh, They deserve to be there, and they are going to definitely compete for a Final Four spot and a national title. And my number one, obviously, it is Yale. They... They lose the best player in the country last year in Ben Reeves. He dominated the tournament. He just 
brutalized teams. He murked every defender that guarded him. Teams had no answer for him to the point that sometimes they would just allow him to eat them up and just try to con- contain the other players, the role players from last year, guys like Jackson Morrill and, and, and Gaudet and, and, and those types of role players. So you lose a player like that and everybody's like, well, how is that, you know, how could you be the number one team still? But you bring back Chris Fake, who is arguably the best defender in the country, inarguably the best on-ball defender in the country. You bring back a freshman goalie in Jack Starr that won a national championship last year. He he was not a solid ball stopper at all times, but what freshman is. But he was a solid goalie, and he played ridiculous uh, at times uh, in the semis and in the finals. He, he, yes, his save percentage wasn't crazy, but there were it was it was situational saves that he that he excelled at in the tournament. So just a, a kid like that coming back with a solid defense in front of him who's already played at the highest level and won a national championship, he's going to be coming in with some confidence. And then you got on the offensive side of the ball, Jackson Morrill is a killer. You've got Gaudet coming back. You've got Sessa coming back. You have a, a wealth of other role players that all put up 20-plus points last year. I want to say they had seven guys coming back that all had put up 20 points uh, or more last season. So Yale is going to be solid. They are not going to have any problems at all. I, I, I don't think they're going to maintain that top spot all year. I think that playing in the Ivy, you're going to end up dropping a game to somebody most likely, especially as strong as the Ivy is going to be. And then they have a decently tough non-conference schedule as well. So I, I, I don't see them holding on to the spot. I don't see any of these top five teams necessarily staying in the top five all year because all of them may lose. And there's some teams that are on the edge that, that could kind of run the table on some of their early schedules. But either way, Yale is my number one, and that is my top five. And two other teams that I just wanted to mention that I think will end up at some point in the top five that are sitting outside of that now are Virginia at number six and Hopkins at number seven. I just saw a little bit of the Hopkins scrimmage from the other day against, I believe it was a high point, and they looked tough. And you had guys like Kyle Marr, who are normally goal-scoring snipers, uh, feeding the younger guys. Joey Epstein looked great. He had a couple of really nice dodges from X coming around up the right side and sticking sticking corners on bouncers, bouncing it around the goalie off hip. So Epstein looked good. Cole Williams looked good. Defensively, they looked solid. So Hopkins, I think at some point, they're going to end up in the top five, even if they don't finish there. And I think Virginia is brutal. I Honestly, Virginia is the best team that isn't in the top five, even though they're at number six. So logic would indicate that that's the case. But Virginia easily could be a top five team. They could easily be a number top three team by the end of this season. A lot of it's going to come down to how their defense plays. But offensively, nobody has a first midfield like Virginia. All three of their first midfielders were were top recruits coming out of high school, the top midfield recruits coming out of high school. Uh, so you, between Aiken, Moore, and I believe Conrad, all three of them were, were that highly regarded. Attack-wise, Ian Laviano, and then you got my boy Michael Krause, who I think is potentially, you know, he's one of the best five players in the country, hands down. So Virginia, I feel like at some point they're going to also end up in the top five. They could finish there, but Hopkins and Virginia sitting at uh, five, six and seven right now, respectively, very easily could could bump a couple of those teams we mentioned earlier out of their spots. My pick for a team that is currently sitting outside the top 10, 
that I think is going to finish inside the top 10. And it's going to, I'm a homer here. I'm a Syracuse fan, but I, I legitimately feel that Syracuse sitting at number 11 is a lock for finishing in the top 10. They play a brutal schedule, but they return everybody. They lose their goalie and they lose their, one of their role-playing attackmen in Bombay. More than a role-playing attackman, but he's an off-ball attackman and that type of production can be replaced when you have talent. And they do. They have guys that can replace Bombay's production pretty easily. So I think that Syracuse is a lock. They were already at number 11, so this isn't like some kind of crazy revelation or anything like that. But I feel like at number 11 right now, I, they're a solid nine, seven through nine by the season's end. I think even with their brutal schedule, the ACC is going to give them a chance to pick up a ton of good wins. Their non-conference schedule is going to give them a chance to put up a bunch of good wins. So even dropping a few games, I think that they'll still end up in the top 10. So Syracuse is my pick for a team that was on the outside looking in, but will finish the season as a top 10 team. 